0: Wow, that's the quietest you guys have ever gotten at zero. That's amazing. We just should do this every week. Hey, uh, we are so glad that you're here. Uh, if you haven't figured it out, we're doing things different tonight, uh, and we are excited about it. We've been talking about this dating hot seat for about a month now, um, and you guys have submitted something like 100 questions, um, and so we're really thankful for that. There is 0% chance that we will get to even half of those. Uh, But we'll try our best to answer as many as we can. Um, And that's really what we're going to do. We're just going to try to answer as many of your questions tonight with uh, a little bit of substance as we can. Uh, That's pretty much all that we'll do for the next hour. So um, I I wanted to say this. We're going to give you guys uh, some time at the very end. So I'm going to try to leave five to ten minutes or so. Of space, We're going to have a couple mics roaming around. If you've got a question or you feel like, hey, there was something that was said or wasn't said that you really want to ask, uh, we'll give you an opportunity to do that at the end and without any preparation whatsoever, we'll do our best to give it an answer. Um, yeah, good. All right, so I'm going to let these guys introduce themselves, tell, them, tell you all a little bit about who they are, maybe what they do around here, uh, and then we will jump in. So, you want to start? Yeah.
1: Hello. Hi. Um, my name is Velma. I have been attending the crossing for six years, working here for three. I work at the front desk, so when you come in to the main office, I'm the first one that you see. And I guess I'm single. Is that important that I say that? <laughs> Velma life. is the, <laughs> <We're> meanest, <talking. laughs>
2: the meanest person at the crossing, so careful. I have Tipped my limits. around moments. her.
3: Hi, I'm Molly. Um, I am on staff at The Crossing. I've been, I've been here for 19 years, so older than some of you. Oh. <laughs> so old. <laughs> and I work here part-time right now on our digital team, and I have, I'm married, and I've got four boys at home, so that's
4: what I am doing when I'm not here. Hi, I'm Alex. I've been on staff with Veritas like five-ish years now, I think, um, but recently in the last two-ish years, I've gone part-time because had a little baby and have another one on the way, clearly, um, and yeah, we've been around. My husband works here, too, and we just love this church and love Veritas so much.
2: Has it been 19 years? That's crazy. Uh, my name's Austin Connor. Um, I've been coming to the Crossing since '06, whatever that is. I'm a pastor here. Some of you I know, I worked with Veritas for a long, long time. Um, I am now working with Crossing 20s and going to grad school um, for counseling. My wife is Polly, uh, we've been married for 12 years. Uh, we have three kids, um, 10, eight, almost six, yeah.
5: My name is Michael Porter Sr. and I am.
0: <laughs> hey man, you got a fan out there. Oh <laughs> well, well, yeah, an autographs I an it back
5: there for sure. I am clearly the oldest person in the building right now, but um, I have been attending crossing since uh, we moved here in 2010, and that's when we started coming. And uh, I am an elder here, and I do various things, some speaking, some things, so yeah, that's it. Good.
0: So, uh, you know, it's a privilege to work alongside these guys and girls. Uh, You know, they're not just coworkers, they're friends. Uh, I've known most of them for a long time. And uh, they're not just friends, they have a lot of wisdom to share. And so um, I'm thrilled that you all are here. Thank you for being here tonight. Uh, Excited to see where this little convo goes, and uh, I suppose we should start, and so let's start with this question. This is one of my favorites. Uh, if I wanted to have a sleepover with my boyfriend or girlfriend, but not have sex, would that be okay? That's the question. Is it okay to have a sleepover? Yeah, I should clarify. This is someone else's question. <laughs> Good clarification. I, come on. Thank you. you come If I step on. away from Kyle a little bit. If I, is it okay? To have a sleepover with my girlfriend or boyfriend, uh, even though we aren't having sex, what would you say? I
1: would say no, it's not okay. Um, I think you should ask yourself why you want to have that sleepover. Like, you can't spend one night away from each other. That's, that's a lot. And then, also, you're just welcoming. You're leaving that room for temptation. It's going to happen. It's going to come. Um, I just don't think it's smart. Like, you, oh, no, I have self-control. You know, we're not going to. You're probably going to, so it's, <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> I just don't. It's, what, I don't think it's
3: wise to do that. I'm going to agree with you. I think the short answer and my answer is no. I, I think it's possible to have a sleepover and not have sex and maybe not have anything happen, but I think your point is really a good one. Why can't you spend a night apart? And where is your heart in that? And I think that there is some health to a relationship where you can set boundaries and keep the boundaries. And I think when you start pushing boundaries, if things aren't happening physically, they can still be happening emotionally that are going to make things really hard if this is not a long-term relationship for you.
2: I'm not going <clears> to <throat> change or disagree with anything you just said. I also want to add this piece. What, what I first came to my mind is what are our habits and what is that doing to us, right? So if I get in the habit of sleeping over uh, with my girlfriend, let's say, is that the 11th commandment? No, it's not technically. It doesn't say thou shalt not sleep with my uh, significant other overnight. But again, with no what? Don't have sex. Right. Yes. Thank you for that, elder. Uh, <laughs> but, right, it does fall under the category for me of wise, unwise. In other words, what, what is that doing to you? Is that helping you want to follow Jesus more and helping the other person want to follow Jesus more? And, and are you walking right up to that line and like, well, we're not crossing it. Well, what is it about the line that, that we really like? And that might say a little bit more about kind of
5: heart motives.
2: So, Yeah.
5: Yeah, I would agree with him. It brings to mind a proverb that says, can a man take fire into his lap and not get burned? Yeah. you just, you just playing with fire, man. And uh, the second thing I would say, too, is just, you know, the, the Bible's really clear about us avoiding even the appearance of evil. And, you know, y'all could totally have a sleepover and nothing happened. But people that know you had a sleepover, you could tell him nothing happened, and they're like, "Yeah, right." You know, so just it's just the appearance thing.
4: That was that's a really good point because honestly, I, that question is tough because I for sure struggled with that and dating my now husband in college. But I lived with like all my sorority sisters who weren't Christians, and I remember wanting him to spend the night because I was like insecure and uncomfortable in my own house and feeling like if he was there, I got like some sort of security and comfort and like we weren't sleeping together, but like it for sure was an emotional dependence that I think wasn't like appropriate. And looking back, I think like, dang, that's such a bummer. Cause like my friends knew I was a Christian. They knew he was a Christian. They saw our relationship looking different in some ways, but then in others it looked the same. And that just bums me out to think about. Obviously it's okay. Like there is grace and forgiveness, but I just think, like, I was guilty of that. I wanted it for the wrong reasons. Um, and I remember, like, my husband's name is Daniel, him being, like, feeling really torn because, like, I really wanted that connection. He wanted that connection with me, but he didn't feel good about it ever. And I just remember it putting tension in our relationship and just, yeah, not, not for the best.
0: Okay, this is a good one. Someone's got their eye on someone here. So, uh, he or she says... If your friend dated someone, then broke up with them, does that mean they are off limits? So one of you in here is looking at one of you in here.
4: What do you think?
1: Okay, this is a hard one. I think it's like, I think it's on a case by case basis. Like if you, if your friend was, okay, if my friend was dating some guy for, two years and then they broke up I'm not gonna be like so you know he's single now two years is a long time you know that's that's a lot that's a that's a relationship where you know you were emotionally tied and you know hopefully you could grow in that relationship but you don't it's not okay for you to enter that person's life on that level it's like, um, it's, it's, I think it's very much a boundary thing. I'm having trouble with my words. Like you're crossing a boundary that shouldn't be crossed. Like your friend, my friend or whatever, um, hopefully within that two years, like gave a little bit of themselves to them. And that could put a strain in your relationship, me and my, you know, my made a friend or whatever. But, um, and then also if like, there's, there's plenty of fish in the sea, you know, you don't have to. It looks a little shady and it looks sneaky. Um, is that it? I can't, I'm, I, I can, I can. I'm trying to figure out what I'm trying to say. And then also if you, if this is like a recurring thing, like why are you constantly like running after your friend's exes? That's, <laughs> That's
5: not good. <laughs> I think one way that you could help yourself process this is just to ask yourself the question, if the shoe was on the other foot, would you be cool with it? Would you be cool with your friend chasing after or trying to be with someone that you have been with. And not that you're gonna arrive at the right answer, but I think it'll give you some insight into how that other person may feel, how your friend may feel. Uh,
2: the, there's a longer story here. Uh, in some form, this happened to Kyle and I. <laughs> and I'll just leave it at that. There's a little teaser. Let me tell you what I was there. I, it was funny. It's it's her, the person's name. Yeah, I won't tell. We're
0: still that. friends, by the way. We are still friends.
2: Um, here's what comes to my mind, and here's all I can control is me. And if that happened to me, so I would want to do a couple things. One, I would want to have lots of communication. One with the ex, I would want to go to them and say, "Hey, this is what I am thinking." Now, am I asking for permission? I don't know. Kind of depends on how close that relationship is. How long was the previous relationship, right? The previous relationship was four years uh, and then it's a month later. I don't know about that, right? Uh, so that's, that's a question. Are you communicating with the ex? And then are you communicating with the person that you're dating and saying, hey, this is the elephant in the room. What do you think about this? And just to get their level of self-awareness, are they even thinking about this? Do they see that as an issue? If they're kind of like, I oh, no, not uh, or if it's a girl, higher pitch, whatever. That, then I just have some questions like, hmm, okay. And then third, and somebody said it earlier, why do I want to pursue this other person and this amount of time, right? So just lots of questions that I would want to ask. I don't know, somebody say that better, add something to it, maybe we can move on, I don't know.
3: I agree with you, I think the communication is the big thing. And I think just like taking it slow in space, I think if you have a friendship with somebody and it's an important friendship, I would really work to protect that friendship and so have lots of openness and honesty and communication. And if it's a really healthy friendship and you really feel drawn to their ex and their ex feels drawn to you and it just seems like this thing that's meant to be, I think that there's a situation where that can work out okay but again it's a lot of time and space and communication and honestly like in college in your stage of life I don't think there's ever a situation where like a relationship just needs to be rushed and you really need to like take things fast so I don't think it's a hard no but I think it's definitely something to take slow and I I do think you have to really consider that friendship and there's a difference between an acquaintance and somebody that you kind of know when you're in the same friend group and, like, a really close friend or a roommate where you're like, man, if I lost this friend over dating this person, I better really be sure that I'm, like, going to marry this person and have a lot of kids with them because it's a bummer to lose a close friend. It's a really – in any stage of life, it's a bummer to lose a faithful friend.
4: At the same time, I think pendulum swinging. oh
2: contrary opinion. I don't think it's contrary. You're pro? you pro think- this? I'm, just kidding. Well, I'm pro
4: this like in the sense that if it was just a couple dates and like hope my, like our hope for you guys is that you're dating well and it's not overly like a an overly painful break or something where you're getting overly emotionally involved like really quick like if your friend if a guy took your friend on a date honestly he probably has good taste and if she doesn't like him and it just didn't really go anywhere, I think maybe you learn from that situation and maybe if If it, like, is an interest of yours and, you know, he wants to take you out too. I don't think it's weird as long as there's open communication. You know, I just feel like that would be a bummer if, like, every guy your friend ever dated, because ideally your friends are dating good guys, are off limits. Because in a small community like this, there's, not that there's not a lot of guys you could date, or sorry, I'm talking to girls, or vice versa. I just think, like, ideally you're socializing with groups that are, like, Christians and really eligible, like, to be dating, so hopefully there could be, not hopefully, but there could be overlap, if done well, I think.
0: Yeah, it's good. Did you want to add that? Okay. Uh, Here's a question that I get asked a lot. Alex, you've probably been asked this question too. Uh, Can I still have best friends of the opposite gender when dating? So someone wants to know, can I have good friends, best friends, close friends with the opposite sex? while I'm in a dating relationship?
1: This is a hard one. Um, I just, I'm very much, I don't know, I don't wanna say old school traditional. I know that sounds corny, but I think that there's a fine line with best friends, especially when, like I have male, male friends, but once they start to get into a relationship, I kind of step back because I don't want to ever be a reason like a hindrance in what they have going on like I can be like okay you're dating her I just don't think it's appropriate like hey let's hang out let's do this like no you have a girlfriend to do all those things with and that's not me
4: I remember I thought I was really really good friends with the guy Early on in college, like, when I first started getting involved with Veritas and I didn't really know there were, like, actual Christian dudes and I just, like, was obsessed with the idea of it. And They exist. I remember thinking, I'm like, oh, no, we're, like, really good friends. And I remember him telling me, like, no, we're not. Like, we're just not because you're a girl and I'm a guy and, like, we're not dating and we're just not. And I was like, yeah, okay. But I thought we were, like, close. But I think probably I, like, enjoyed that relationship because of the fact he was in the opposite sex because it was like attention because it was exciting. And I still love him. He's like a dear friend to this day, but we're friends because it's kind of made possible through like our spouses and just like community of church. Like I don't think it's probably appropriate to like be pursuing someone of the opposite sex to be spending one-on-one time with because naturally that like turns into an emotional connection or a physical connection for some person, I think it's like highly unlikely that it wouldn't unless it's like a specific context, like a coworker, like Kyle's my friend, Austin's my friend, but I don't text them to just hang out because that wouldn't be like appropriate or respectful to like our significant others, if that makes sense. I don't think it's like a rule, but I think realistically you're not just friends for someone. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. And I wonder, and ladies, you can help, fill this out too. I also wonder if there's just a difference when we hear friendship, does that mean something a little bit different for guys than it does for girls? Here's my hunch, and maybe it's a stereotype, so you correct me if I'm wrong. My hunch is girls can more readily make friends and maintain friends with guys and girls than guys can with girls. In my experience, I had a, a friend who was a girl for a long time. And then I became a Christian, and I started to realize, for me, I was uh, somewhat attracted to this girl more than a friend, but we just called each other friends. And for me, I couldn't separate the two. They they very closely blended. And so, you know, you mentioned something like emotional intimacy. It started really functioning like a romantic relationship. Like, that's what it was for me. And so I had to say, sorry, I can't do that. So that's where I just have questions about that, again— for me, this falls into wise, unwise categories. I don't know if, if you wanna to speak to that nature of the differences between how men and women view friendship. Maybe there's some similarities, maybe there's differences, I don't know.
3: I think I agree with you. Um, I actually think back to when I was in college and when I was first dating my husband and I would be like, oh yeah, no, he's a good friend. And he was like, he's not, he's into you. And I was like, no, 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 we're friends. And he's like, no, let's just trust me. I, can see that I can see this and so I think sometimes people can have a hard time reading that in a relationship particularly I think back to friendships with get friendships with guys where where we were hanging out run, one-on-one a ton we were studying together um and none of these things are wrong and I think when you have a group of friends and it's guys and girls there's like there's a healthy friendship you can have with men I still I mean I have male friends now, but again, I'm not gonna text Kyle and say, let's go grab coffee. But he's still my friend and we're gonna talk and we're gonna have good conversations. And so I think when you think about that when you're dating somebody, like where are your priorities? And if you're dating someone, hopefully your priority is with that person that you're dating. And so if there is somebody of the opposite sex that you enjoy being around and you're wanting to be around them a lot, I would also question like, why do you want to be around them? Maybe it's because you are attracted to them. And that's something you kind of navigate and figure out while you're still single and dating. Um, And so I think when you're feeling, if you would feel a deep sadness about maybe losing a friendship by dating someone else, I think that's something to kind of think through.
2: I just thought of that. oh, go ahead.
1: I also think it's important to make sure the person that you're pursuing knows that you have someone that you're close with um, of the opposite sex because what if that could be like um, a boundary that they don't want to cross or they could be completely cool with it, but I feel like if I were to keep that from them, that's the, almost the same. It's the same as lying, right? Like my best friend is a guy, but I don't want to tell him because I don't want him to get mad.
2: What I was going to ask, and maybe this is a dumb question, like are there signs or questions that like if you're asking your best friend of the opposite gender this question but not your boyfriend or girlfriend like okay red flag like maybe sharing like are you more comfortable sharing something about your past with the friend versus your boyfriend or girlfriend if you're you know some of that like i hear that i go well why this person and not that person right are you getting the safety of a connection without the, uh, what am I trying, I didn't say that really well, is that a little safer, right? To, to communicate something that's maybe difficult to share with this friend, that's safer than communicating with somebody that you're a little bit closer with. Like if, in that sense, that sounds maybe to be, not to be too, um, I, I totally lost my train of thought. I don't want to, I want to nuance this a little bit, but basically you're using that person. Seems like you're using that person. Like, let me share all the things that I'm terrified about, and that's easier and that's safer. And then I'm going to be a little more guarded with my boyfriend, and girlfriend. That kind of pattern, I just have questions about and wonder why that. And that doesn't seem too healthy. Yeah.
4: While well, at the same time, I don't think we should be like weird about. Like, it's like there's wisdom in just being honest about what's really going on. But there's so much beauty in like loving and enjoying the whole body in the church, you know what I mean? Like, some of my favorite people are men that aren't my husband. But I'm not, like, thinking about the fact that I'm attracted to Or, like, I'm I'm trying to proceed, like, with wisdom in those relationships. And I would be so bummed out if my husband, like, didn't feel like he could respectfully and, like, normally enjoy a friendship with a woman. Like, that would just be so dumb. So, just because he was, like, afraid of, you know what I mean? So, I think... We can be really wise, and I think in dating, you have to be careful and, like, have those conversations openly and just be really honest about what you are or aren't doing in those relationships. But at the same time, we want to, like, honor and respect and love and enjoy, obviously, like, each other and the opposite sex. Like, it doesn't have to be weird, if that makes sense. Maybe that goes without saying. But I think we don't have to be like, I can't talk to a dude or a girl. That'd be like an insecurity thing. Yeah, like, it just doesn't have to, I don't know. I, like, love my male friends, but there's, like, a boundary there.
0: That's good. So here's a question. Um, Does Paul's command to not be unequally yoked apply to Christians or just non-Christians? So I think what the question behind the question is, or maybe to to paraphrase or or rephrase, I, I think the person is saying, look, I get that Paul says, we talked about this a few weeks ago in Veritas, Alex talked about it. I get that Paul in the New Testament, in the book of Corinthians, talks about and tells Christians not to be in a relationship with non-Christians. I think what the person's wanting to know, though, is to what extent does this apply with Christians? And I think specifically, and again, I'm just kind of trying to read between lines, uh, if, if I'm let's call it an eight on the scale of spiritual maturity, do I have to date another eight or can I date a two? What what does Paul's language around being equally yoked have to do with dating relationships inside of the Christian dating a Christian parameter? Does that make sense? It's a good question.
1: I would say that it has a lot to do with intention. So if I'm I'm an eight and this guy's a two, as long as he's being intentional about his walk, if he's um, wanting to spend more time in his word, if he's... Um, having an active prayer life, if he's um, feeling convicted about um, certain sins. I don't, I don't think that's a problem because just because I would be an aide, that doesn't make, make me better in him in God's eyes. Um, and having an aide around it too could be a good thing. You know, we need, we need community. We need example. We need friends that are following Christ. And the same with the people that we're dating.
4: I I was reading. <laughs> Sorry, Acon. Wait, did I cut you both off? No,
2: you're the one with the Bible open. You yeah, go, well, girl. Okay, go ahead. honestly,
4: I'm not trying I'm to not be about weird. to
2: contradict God
3: over here.
4: <laughs> yeah. No, I I honestly was like reading in Second Corinthians a couple days ago, and it it was interesting because I feel like we hear this passage and like it's kind of a hot topic. Like even just the word choice is weird, but where it's in 2 Corinthians six fourteen, do not be equally, unequally yoked with unbelievers for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness, blah, 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 keeps going. And then in 16, it says, what agreement has the temple of God with idols for we are the temple of the living God. And then he goes on and like references back to the Old Testament of like God explaining his purpose in that, which is to make his dwelling like among his people. And so it's really interesting because Austin and I were even talking about it earlier today because, this passage isn't specifically about marriage as much as like obviously the principle has to be applied, but it's, it's like missional. Like the purpose is that we would be equally yoked with believers so that God can carry out his mission through us. And so I think when we apply that to marriage, it's actually like way more compelling because it's like, oh yeah, actually marriage, the point of marriage isn't just to find your person that you can like post cute pics with. It's for a mission and like that's so real but it doesn't kind of feel like it in dating sometimes because you're sometimes caught up in like emotions and image and excitement and stuff but like in reality like I look at like marriages that I look up to even like Austin's like I see their marriage like headed in a specific direction like under God and that's kind of the point of them being like yoked and so really the I don't know that goes with like our community that goes with like all these things but it's interesting because I feel like we hear that passage and we think like. Oh my gosh, God's just putting rules on like who we can and can't date. And in reality, it's not really about us, it's about like the point of <laughs> dating and marriage, which is God's mission. I'm not trying to be teachy, but like it actually really struck me cuz I don't feel like I always understand that to that end and we were talking about it today. So, yeah.
5: Well, um, <clears throat> I think from People can say anything. People can say that they're Christian and they can know that you have this standard that you only want to date someone that's a Christian. I just, because I've been in that situation where uh, before I met my wife, um, yeah, I was involved with this girl who claimed she was a Christian. And because she was what I thought, she was everything I wanted in a woman, Um, I got too caught up in that and overlooked some clear red flags that were revealed, just clear red flags, man. And so I guess what I'm saying is, I think it's just good to take it slow and really listen to what people talk about really get a sense of their heart maybe play games with them see how they win see how they lose how oh, literal spy. games yeah, not literal. like metaphorical games no. with my yes. heart. okay got it
2: literal games good showing my age it's your baxter voice okay that's funny sorry that's funny. keep going but yeah man there's there's,
5: there's just. See them, I mean, in, in all different situations, around kids, around, and just really be observant if it's someone that you are starting to take seriously because, um, you know, they're just, and, and maybe people don't at first mean harm, but especially girls from guys, they'll say anything to get what they want. And you have really got to be discerning in, in that regard.
2: I'm not gonna to try to say it any better than that. The piece that that struck me and Kyle, you mentioned um, you know, in, in context, the, the foundation of this is between believers and unbelievers. Speaking particularly to the issue of what about Christians, right? Um, is there some wisdom there? What makes me think about it? Let's say you're the eight, right? And you're just you're on fire and you're growing like crazy, and then you look over and see uh, somebody, Joe or Sue, and they're at a two, right? And they're just kind of doing this do i is that good uh should i be with them or not well what i would want to say is um not looking at the person like as a snapshot and saying at that point in time that's who they are and that's who they'll always be sorry they're out i gotta have an eight i don't know about you don't get away from these twos right better to go let me zoom out and let me let me view this like a like a movie like a film like what's the trajectory are, are they, yeah, there are two, but slowly but surely, are they growing? Like, are they, are they admitting that? If that's the case, uh, I, I'm not going to use the word settle because I don't think that's helpful. But I, I think there's a case to be made. If you're an eight and you've been a Christian longer and, like, you know things, and let's say somebody just became a Christian last semester and they don't know hardly anything about their Bible, but they're growing like crazy and they're in small groups and they are got some accountability, whatever that looks like, why, why not? right um my wife uh yeah i I'm, won't I'm go down the rabbit hole anyway um she she was the two i was the eight <laughs> no just kidding polly sorry i'm sleeping on the couch tonight <laughs> um so I, I think what am i saying I, I think let's appreciate the trajectories but also let's let's give a little bit of grace for people if they're not growing as fast now that being said let's not settle um and i don't know somebody we can move on or keep speaking to that but also Let's, let's, take, you know, let's take people's trajectory seriously,
0: right? Yeah, I wanna move on. Uh, and I wanna move on to this I question. I gave him
2: permission and he wanted it, so here no, we go. No, because,
0: <laughs> because I do think that it connects, and you might think this is an odd connection, but I think that part of what you just said with the trajectory piece. Uh, so someone's asking, and it's a heavy question, but they ask, should I date someone who watches porn?
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say that because it does relate, and we were talking about this earlier. Um, the tense of that word is is interesting to me. Watches. My question is: Is that an ongoing deal with no problem? Like, yeah, what's a big deal? Uh, this is what I'm gonna do. This is who I am. This is why I do it. No problem. That that's I don't like that as much as big red flag.
5: Uh,
2: but if it's you know what I do, it's something that I don't like, and I really am taking active steps to try and stop. That seems a lot different um, and is better to me. So the short answer, can you? Yes. Is that the sin that nullifies everything? No, because let's be consistent, right? Let's apply that to other things, right? All sin is equal. And yet different sins have different impacts as well. So I'd want to say what is the person's, man, man or woman's, Uh, relationship with that their view of that do they want to stop are they taking active steps to stop that are they open and honest about it not necessarily with you but with other people so i don't know somebody add to that say something different yeah
3: yeah i would say to add to that it's red flags are usually red flags for a reason and they're usually obvious i think michael made a good point i think when you look at someone's life um you can see a lot from just a few things. Do they have good friends? Are they going to church regularly? Are they in a small group? Just those little things are gonna bear a tremendous amount of fruit because the reality is we're all gonna have high highs and low lows. There are gonna be times where we're all at an eight and there are gonna be times when we're all at a two and that's not going to change in your life. But if you have things in place that are going to hold you accountable, that are going to um, ask you, people that ask you hard questions, then I think the answer is like, that person is probably a safe person to date or a wise person to date. If they've got good friends, if they're in good community, if they're in a small group, if you really see them, maybe they're struggling at the moment, but they've, they've got a, a path forward that looks promising. And that doesn't always mean that that's gonna work out, but I think that if you're looking for those things and you see things that look good and look promising, then that's a, something to explore. And again, I think like any time you're in that situation, the slower you take it, the better it is. You're not going to regret taking it slow. Um, so I don't know if that answers that In question. my
5: experience, I'm sorry, no, go God, if you ask God to open your eyes to what you need to see about a person. Again, if it's someone that you are dating and you are thinking, okay, this could, be, this could be it, he'll do it. He'll do it, but you have got to be honest with yourself. And if he shows you those red flags, then you got to be willing to act or confront, at least have a conversation about it, and, uh, and then go from there. Because uh, my, my wife and I, uh, this May, we will, be, we will have been married longer than all of you been alive. 29 years we will, we will have been married. And why did I tell you guys that? Um, because my mind was blown <laughs> when I said 29 years. It feels like about nine. But, um, oh, what was, oh, the decision. And I know we're talking about dating. But all marriages begin with dating or most of them, most of yours will. Um, that one decision will, that one decision will determine 90% probably of your happiness with the rest of your life. So it's a decision that you need to get right or as right as you can. And you have got to pray and ask God to help you to discern a person's heart because she was exactly right. Sometimes we were a two or a negative two and sometimes we're an eight or a nine in terms of our spiritual walk and we all catch each other at low moments sometimes it's the heart of a person is that person's heart for god genuine that's what you've got to discern that's good go
4: i can i mean i think it's helpful just to hear like real life examples on some of this like I mean, just full disclosure, like, that was for sure part of my husband and I's dating, engagement, marriage, like, a struggle, like, his struggle with porn. I had a sexual background that, like, I wasn't proud of and then I had to deal with, um, still do, like, still deal with it. Um, and I think, like, I remember, like, six months into dating him as he was sharing those things with me sharing with me that he was, like, pursuing counseling, that he had accountability with his small group, bringing his mentors into the struggle, as I then had to bring my mentors into the struggle. And as we started to have those conversations, I remember, like, sitting with God and being like, okay, God, like, am I going to continue to, like, step further into this relationship, knowing what I know? Like, should I? Is this a disqualifier? I don't know. What I see of this man is, like... Seeking godliness, seeking growth, and that's all I hope he can expect from me. Um, and that being like really messy and really painful, and even still like that struggle, like both of our sexual sins not gone in marriage, but like did we have those things set up are do we have accountability even now with our community, with mentors? I mean, just do we have habits that we're like submitting our lives under god's word and is that the expectation of our marriage? Do we kind of like trying to walk into it, eyes wide open. Obviously you can never know what you don't know, but I think I have friends who didn't know that was an issue in their husband's life or their husband didn't know it was an issue in theirs and years into marriage that can be like really damaging um, and not irreparable. Sometimes it is, but I think it's important to like be having those conversations and important to be asking yourself too, like, what do I need to bring to the light that could affect a future marriage? How can I be working on that now? Because I'm so thankful my husband was not complacent in that sin when he could have been, like, chilling in college, like, not caring. But I feel so much more honored as a wife. Not that it's even about me. Like, it's really his sin is, like, between him and God. But now that we're married, I'm affected. Um, I just think it's, it's really important. and It's heavy and there, are, like support groups and accountability like structures in place that we even have access to with Veritas that I think if that's an issue for you, girl or guy, it's okay. It's not okay, but it's really common. And I think it's something that is like important to be proactive about.
2: Yeah. Uh, that makes me, you, your question makes me think of something a little bit different, right? I just, I heard this from, um, maybe some of you heard this by right? Tim Keller. He has this line that it's, it's like a bridge that has held the weight of my dating and now marriage, if you know how to repent and you know how to forgive, you're going to do fine. If you know how to repent of any sort of sins that you've got in dating, and if you know how to forgive somebody else if and when they have to confess a sin, like watching porn, that's why I'm I'm bringing this up here. When I say you're going to be fine, that doesn't mean things aren't going to go easy, but those are just a couple of good, I think about that all the time. Do I know how to repent and do I know how to forgive? Because there's, yeah, that's, that's how, a bridge how, for me that they can hold the weight of something like that.
5: How does one repent?
2: It's a great question. Um, the heart of that and the spirit of that is you turn and go a different direction. That involves thinking, that involves feeling, that involves maybe action. Maybe in a moment. Like, literally, I need to get up and away and walk away from this computer right now. Maybe it's over time. I got to stop going to certain places. I, I, it's, it's a very, looks different in a lot of situations. But what I think about repent is going a different
4: direction.
0: Yeah, so let me get specific here because I think speaking of bridges, that's a good bridge to this question. Uh, this person says, if you've had sex before marriage and regret it, what do you do?
1: Um okay so I'm not a virgin, and I when I, I used to have no conviction about um, have, fornicating, um, I was I was proud of myself because I was using protection. I thought I was doing like the right thing. Um, but as my relationship with Christ grew, um, I did become convicted of that sin, and it was being young and dating and living in a world where hookup culture is okay and normal um it was hard to find guys that i mean i mean i I couldn't i wasn't finding the right man i wasn't pursuing the right man i kept like giving in and saying okay well you know i want to do it to make him happy or um i would try to bring him to church but there's so there's so many things that can go wrong with fornicating um stds um Pregnancy—you have a whole emotional like connection. Like you gave yourself to that person, and you're binding yourself to that person in something that's supposed to be um, between man and woman. That's uh, husband and wife, excuse me. Um, that's the way God designed it. And when you when you take something that God designed and use it for your own good, that's, that's sin. You're you're putting space in between your relationship with God. Um, All that to say, it doesn't mean that you're completely ruined forever. Um, God has graced you; He's forgiven you, and you should be able to forgive yourself. Um, A lot, like it's it's hard to like. The hope is that you know you can see why it's a sin, but. I saw a thought sorry. Um, you can see why it's a sin, but you can like you said turn away from that and I'm, I'm thankful that I can set and share this story because I don't have any shame. Um, I don't have any guilt because those things don't come from God, that comes from the enemy. Um, and so I can sit here and say, yes, I, I made that mistake but God has forgiven me and I can forgive myself. And hopefully the person that you're dating or wanting today, they should be able to forgive you also.
2: Can you ask your question again? I want to, I want
0: to. Uh, Yeah, they, they just asked if you've had sex before marriage and regret it, what do you do? Or maybe let me tack another one onto it. How do I go about telling someone I like I've had sex with multiple people?
2: Uh, what I'm thinking about, and I'll say this, and I want to hear what you guys have to say. I'm, I'm going to the first one. What if I had sex before marriage and I regret it? Uh, the word that came to my mind was the regret piece. Um, I could imagine, my guess is if that's you, you uh, and you're trying to follow Jesus, there's a lot of shame around that. Um, And it's really difficult. You can hear, yeah, Jesus loves everybody and forgives everybody, and it's grace. He loves that for all other people but not me. Um, I would really want to sit with the reality that Jesus loves you, whoever you are that asked that question to anybody, loves you not as you want to be but as you are. Warts and all, at your worst, on your worst day, Jesus says, yep, come on, I want you. That does not disqualify you. That is what is true of every single person in this room and in anybody that's ever been born. If that is shown to me, how could I not show that to someone else? That does not mean that, well, let me just do it and it's fine, it's easy. No, that's difficult, and that takes grieving and lamenting and struggle, and yet that's that's the foundation for why, let's say in a dating relationship, you find out that your current boyfriend or girlfriend has a sexual past, bring that up, talk about how that's impacted you, talk about how that makes you feel, and then leave them space to hear what they think about it, and be ready, if you're willing, and hopefully you are, to forgive that person. Does that mean you have to keep dating them? Not necessarily, but I don't know, just that that piece I wanted to to slow down and, and make clear, maybe we can move on or say a different way. I don't know. But, yeah.
3: I think one thing to bring up, too, is um, no one enters a relationship with, like, absolutely no sexual sin. We're all sexual beings. It's just part of how God made us. And part of God's perfect design for sex is that it happens in marriage. But... I just I don't think that you enter a dating relationship without any sort of sexual sin or baggage or something. And so it may be that you're the person in the relationship that's having to deal with more of the sin of the other person. Um, it's something we've had to deal with, I've had to deal with in my marriage, and there's forgiveness, and it's a repeated thing that has to be dealt with. Um, but it's also having sex before marriage is not the ultimate sin. And I think sometimes... It's a really easy one to point out. Like, it's just, it's an easy black and white, like, man, you've done that one. But at least, but you know what? Sometimes maybe it'd be better to marry somebody that had sex before marriage than somebody that's like a horrible liar or unrepentant of their pride. Because if that's a sin that you've dealt with, but you're repentant and God forgives you and your spouse forgives you, like, you're going to keep working through that. Um, You're lying about repentance or Tim Keller's line about if you're able to repent and you're able to forgive that's going to get you really far and hopefully you're dating somebody that feels the same way Um, so will it be a hard conversation yes will it be an ongoing conversation probably also yes is it possible to work through I, I do think it is
0: I thought this was an interesting question kind of Hard left here. Uh, what are some good emotional boundaries uh, in dating?
5: Not having sleepovers. <laughs>
0: it's closing prayer. I'll take.
3: <laughs> this is maybe not a boundary. It can be a boundary, but I think. Do you have your own friends? that know what's going on in your life, that you're sharing hard things with, that are asking you hard questions, that are praying for you. Because I think it's really easy when you're dating somebody, that person's, if if you're gonna marry them, they're gonna become your best friend and you are gonna have an emotional bond. But if you notice yourself withdrawing from your friends and growing closer to the person that you're dating and you're sharing everything with that person and you're going to them first and all of a sudden your friends don't quite have a place in your life to speak to you or to ask you hard questions, and maybe you don't even feel like you can go to them anymore, I would say that would be um, you'd want to set that boundary with the person you're dating that, okay, I'm going to have some relationships over here, and they're going to hold me accountable and know hard stuff about me. And maybe you do too, but they've got that space as well.
2: Uh, I'm laughing. I'm thinking about the way that I got my wife to start dating me. Um, it was, no, bad joke there um, So here's what happened I am wired and my good friend Kyle and other people know When I think and feel something I just, uh, like I'm an external processor It comes out all over the floor And it's messy In my previous dating relationship uh, My girl, then girlfriend She got the first take It was just everything Well this is what I feel Let me just say how I feel And I'm, it's coming into the moment And blah, blah. It wasn't healthy because it was messy. I said things I didn't really mean. And I said some really probably good things because we grew emotionally close. That was the reason ultimately we had to break up. What did I do with my now wife? I had guy friends, Kyle being one of them, who like we literally, my wife is in Alaska. We're in Panama City Beach, Florida. Another story for another time. And I'm texting, I'm literally crafting the T9 text, you know, just a a little. Okay, guys, what do you think? And they're like, Mm-mm, nope, too much. Bring that back, brother. So like, they would tell me, you're at a level 12. You need to bring it down to a level two, bro. And it turns out it's a good thing because I would have scared the fish that was Polly away, right? So what am I saying? What's good emotional boundaries? She's not a fish. Uh, she is a woman, and she is beautiful. Uh, but she's a two, and I'm the eight. I'm um, no, just kidding. Uh, what, what's the principle here? Emotional boundaries have a group of people that you can kind of test some stuff out. And don't just make them the, the, um, the first – don't let them get the very first thing. Now, that being said, as, as you grow closer together and over time you start to know the other person and you get comfortable with each other, what that doesn't mean is don't, like, share stuff, right? You want to share stuff, but be wise about it and set some emotional boundaries where you're bringing other people into this thing in a healthy and mature way. Yeah.
4: Even, Michael, like, kind of you bringing up red flags and stuff, I feel like is always a consistent, like, just thing to think through. I think it's a red flag if you are willing to... You're so emotionally involved with this person. Like, you've shared just so much. You've walked through a lot of life together, which just happens. It's kind of how dating works at times. But if you're willing to overlook those red flags because of that, like, emotional investment, or it just becomes a really unhealthy dynamic where... I don't know. Like I don't want to be like nerdy, like codependent. Like words like that. Like I feel like if it just becomes so intense and like enmeshed that you can't end it or step away from it or think critically about it anymore, and there are red flags at play, and like you don't see them growing or you see this X in their life, but like you don't even care about it anymore because you just ha- you just need them. At that point, I think that's unhealthy, and probably you've crossed an emotional boundary for dating. Um, I don't is that fair? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We got quite a few questions about uh, feelings with respect to dating. So someone wants to know specifically, um, 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 is connection a big thing? Should I always feel connected to the person I'm dating? Uh, So there's there's some stuff behind that, of course. But what, what would you guys say to that idea of, to what extent do I need to feel connected to the person Uh, in order to actually be connected to that person.
1: I don't think that the connection level is going to be on a 10 every day, but connection is important in a relationship because you're building together um, to be connected, to um, glorify God together, to without connect, like we're connected to the body, like we are all the body of Christ. We're all connected in in some way. But for you to say, I don't feel like we're connected, I don't really, I don't think I really understand what that means, like we just, I don't feel a connection, like you just don't like him anymore, you just, you guys have different values or different morals maybe. Like I, If you feel like, I think if you have to sit and ask yourself, why don't I feel connected to this person anymore, and it's a recurring question, then it probably just isn't meant to be because we're, God made us to be together so if that this other person you don't want to be around them I don't feel that joy. I don't feel um, The need to be plugged in with them, then it's You probably shouldn't be dating this person.
5: I don't know if this applies at all, but um, <laughs> I wonder if being connected and feeling connected is really all that important, and I, say, I only say that because of this, in cultures where marriages are arranged, where the people have no connection, they, they're seeing each other for the first time shortly before their wedding, and then over time, they grow to love each other deeply. That makes me question whether we should put so much stock into I know you got to feel, I I, I know that, I'm I'm not stupid, but um, I I just wonder if there is something different or deeper we should be looking for than just a happy feeling all the time.
2: That makes me, that's so wise and really helpful. It makes me think about, um, I, I, I think, Feelings are, are, are good, right? God wired our brains. We have emotions. If we try to shut off an emotion, it will not go well. Um, but I wonder if those feelings were meant to be secondary mm-hmm. rather than primary, kind of like if you try to be happy. Uh, I, it doesn't work as well for me versus let me just go uh, to an NBA game. I love the NBA. And in doing that, what results? Well, happiness results. Similarly, I wonder what it would look like if rather than focusing on that feeling of connection, which is good and which we we were made for and which we need, I wonder what it would look like if we let that, rather than drive the bus, let's you take in the back seat. And instead, what I want to focus on is having fun, caring for this person, uh, dating faithfully and well. And I don't know. So make the feelings and the emotions kind of the secondary result, rather than let's just try to go after that and see what happens.
5: I will say also, I'll add, I'm sorry, because honestly, I told you, my wife and I have been married for 29 years, but man, we don't always feel connected. We miss each other sometimes and we get on each other's nerves, but I can tell you this before God, that I've never loved this woman more deeply than I do right now, but it's something that happened over time, and it's not purely physical, it's not purely based on if we're jiving on every single thing that's going on in our lives, if we're agreeing on every decision that we have to make. It's just, I made the choice to love her, she made the choice to love me, and we are going to continue that whether we feel connected or not.
1: So, I just want to make sure I'm understanding what you both are saying as two married men. You're saying, you think that. There's like a surface level connection that you can run with first and then get deeper and find a deeper connection as that time goes on. Like there's this guy, he's a Christian, we have mutual friends, he's funny, yada yada. He asked me out and I don't feel it, but like as time goes on, the connection can grow.
2: When you say you don't feel it, <laughs> what do you mean? He just said thumbs well,
1: up.
3: Uh, if he I think said thumbs
2: up, I'm with him. Let me let me take my I, question back. He said thumbs up. We're good. Well,
3: I'll just take Michael's thumbs up. If he gives it a thumbs up, just do it. Um, I kind of get Velma's point because there is that like initial part of dating where you should want to be around that person and you should enjoy them, and I think that that is like can be an initial part of attraction but you also need to think about the stage of like where you are in dating because at some point if you're committed to this person if you think you're headed toward marriage there are just going to be days where it is more of a choice to say I'm going to choose to go to the NBA game and then I'll feel happy as opposed to just saying I'm going to be happy today. And I don't know, maybe you're just talking to old people that have been married a long time. And so we're all just like, sometimes you got to make the choice, but I do think that that also applies to dating. Now, the thing you have, I think the caveat I'm going to give is in dating. If you're doing all the things and it's a healthy relationship and you're just not feeling it, that is where in dating you have the freedom to break up. Like, I think that there is a a time to go, man, I've really, I've, Given this a good shot, and it's just, it's not working out, even though this person's amazing, because I just, I remember in college dating this guy, and he was like, super solid Christian, he was the best, everyone was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe Molly's dating him, and I, I was like, I'm not into this guy, how long did you date that guy, not that long, okay, (laughs) (laughs) but again, it was like, after the initial fun connection, and really knowing like, zero red flags with this dude, I'm just not into him.
2: The other, just illustration, I've, you know me, I'm a metaphor illustration guy. I mean, just thinking about, like, a plant growing, mm-hmm. right? You put a seed in the ground, you water it, and if you just, where's the growth? Yeah. Is it there? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't see yeah. it. It's out. Nope, yeah, we're out. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't feel it. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Now, yeah. over, like, a month or two or five or six, if there's nothing there, okay. Yeah. Right? Again, let's not necessarily look at it like a picture, a point in time, but what's the longer piece? And that doesn't discount feelings because feelings are important and they're God-given and we need to listen to them, not as the authoritative, this is what I have to do, but as a really good guide. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I like the follow-up question. It's really helpful. Glad you asked it.
4: And with that, it's like we don't have to be married. Like, it's not like we made it in life when we get married. So it's kind of like I remember, like, dating guys in college and feeling like, yeah, like, I could keep, like, I'm enjoying myself, but, like, I also don't, I, I like, don't want to marry this person. Like, I'm not really feeling like I need to be dating right now, and so, like, I'm not going to. Or, like, this just isn't that exciting, not in a mean way. Like, I'm sure I wasn't that exciting to him either, but it's just, like, we don't need to just because we're both Christians and, like, maybe want to get married someday, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I just feel like there is space to just say, like, respectfully, it's not there. Yeah you know, like just cause okay he's a Christian do.
1: man. That doesn't mean he's your Christian man.
4: Yes. But at the same time I'm a feeler and I struggle even in friendships feeling like I want to feel connected. I want to feel like I know we're good. And I've grown in that or like tried to, because that just stems from like discontentment and that doesn't go away if you're married or anything. But I remember Daniel, like in dating when I'd be like, are we good? Like, is this really what, you know? And he'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I don't know what you're feeling today but like I what I know is true like it this is going well and (laughs) there's nothing wrong today kind of thing and sometimes we need to hear that and sometimes we need to remind ourselves that like our feelings are fleeting and sometimes they're stemming from personal insecurities or just like wanting affirmation and I have done that with my friends in the past too so I think just remembering like just, it just requires wisdom in all of it, which is not a fun answer, but I really think that's true. Is like navigating emotions is hard and they're not wrong, but they also aren't like king. That's
0: good. So I'm going to pause here because we're almost done, seven or eight minutes left. Uh, if you have a question that we haven't asked, raise your hand and someone will find you with a microphone. Uh, While you're thinking about that or raising your hand, if there's questions, great. If not, we'll keep going. Uh, I'm going to ask you guys this. Someone's wanting to know, how do I know if the person I'm dating is the one to marry? So how do I know if the person I'm dating is someone that I should marry? And maybe a part two or one B, how long should I date that person before getting married?
1: As a single woman, I could not imagine having that making that big of a deal without going to God with that first um, the two serious relationships that I have had in the past um, i it, I asked God you know is i I was asking him to make it work instead of um, going in with a good conscience, knowing that we were doing um, things that we shouldn't have been doing um, so When I, the the times that I did feel like this person was the one, I was ignoring all of the red flags, but I wouldn't, as of right now, from the lessons that I've learned, I would not, there's no way, from the lessons that I've learned, I would not consider marriage with this man if I didn't get a clear yes from God. When I say clear, I mean clear. Like I told God, like clear, like can you just drop it on me?
3: I think kind of like Michael said earlier in the beginning of a relationship, if you ask God to open your eyes and reveal things to you, if you ask God to make things clear to you, it's not going to be instantaneous. But God's going to give you things in your life. And maybe that's not going to be an audible answer, but hopefully you have a good group of friends or family members that know you well and know your relationship well. And I think that's also a great gauge of where your relationship is. And if you're feeling really drawn to a person and like, man, I think that this is a person I wanna spend the rest of my life with, hopefully the people around you feel that same way too. Um, And if they don't, I think that's something to listen to because I think God's gonna use other people in your life, other relationships to let you know like, this is a good thing or maybe this isn't a good thing
2: i don 't know the person who asked this question. I think it 's a really good one. I wonder if this this person and the heart behind this question, if we 're wanting twenty twenty vision, like I want to know for sure, and unfortunately i don 't think that 's the thing. No one and I think the world that we 're in nothing is ever twenty twenty. I think for me personally, I got down to about fifty twenty <laughs> right uh, What are the things that help clarify? well, Molly just brought it like. Are there some good structures in places? This person, the thing that that sold me on Polly, she had an independent relationship with Jesus. She was growing apart from me. That, for me, was the number one. Two, she was kind, and she had character, and she was growing. She was honest. Uh, She was gracious with me. Um, So those were kind of the things that brought it down. And when I started, you know, it was at 220 Then 120, and then got down to about 50, 20. At the end of the day, I was like, this was just me. I can't get any clearer. There's no reason for me to wait. I don't have any more good reasons to say no. Now, some people are wired differently, right? Um, But I think what I'm most clear about is the 2020 vision. I understand why we want that. But it's, 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 it's it's not a thing. It's not possible. There's an aspect of faith in every part of our lives, and that's where the end of the day, we have to trust in Jesus. It sounds so cheesy and I'm supposed to say that, but it really is, I think, true. And that's how it, I think, can apply in dating. Yeah.
1: Do you think so men are, you know, built to pursue women? What if I'm like, I know he's the one God is telling me, but it has to, that yes has to go to you because as a woman, I'm not going to break up marriage first. That's not... That's not my place. That's not how God designed us. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to pursue us. I'm not going to just sit on the sidelines. Like, we should definitely, if we're in a, mm-hmm. in a relationship and we've been dating for a while, I think that after a certain point, like, okay, are we just going to keep dating forever? Mm-hmm. So, so, I guess what I'm,
2: <laughs> Your question is, what if you come to me, someone comes to me and says, I am convinced that uh, God not told me, but, like, I'm convinced this is it. Like, I would like to marry you. I'm all good over here. What about you? What do we say? Is that what your question yes. is? <laughs> I've been talking a lot. That's you know, not me
5: punting. Oh, uh, no, no, that's all right, I, man. I, you know what? Um, that actually happened to me once, <laughs> believe it or not. When I, was, when I was in college, yeah, a woman came up to me at church and said that. She said... You are my husband. Now did you know this person? Yeah, I knew her. Okay, okay. I knew her. I knew her. We were in a we were in a small group, a singles group, okay. T- together. And um, well, I'll just say this. If somebody comes up to you and said, God told me, run. run. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm with my man here, man. There was just with uh My wife didn't do that, but she did make it clear as we were dating and getting to know each other that she was uh, extremely interested. And I remember the moment when I, yeah, I felt like, you know how at dog races that gate lifts and the dogs jet out of the gate? I remember the moment when God raised my gate and told me I could, I I, I should pursue this one. And it was, we were having a long conversation. Remember I talked about, you gotta discern a heart, a person's heart for God. Um, My wife came from a tough background, uh, Iowa, farm, farm deal, alcoholic dad, um, abused her mother. And it was just bad, man. He did lots to destroy that family. And one Christmas, it was close to Christmas, we were on the phone talking. I don't know how we got into it, but she was telling me about this. And my mouth was just, I just dropped open. But the thing that struck me, and this is the gate raising, is she was telling me this matter-of-factly, but not without a hint of disrespect for her dad. In fact, she communicated the whole thing like she loved him. She still loved him. And in my mind, I'm thinking, man, that's what I need. Because once this woman gets to know me, for real, for real, she might want to jet. And so I guess what I'm saying to you is, guys, listen more than you talk. Ask questions. Really try to get to the heart of a woman. Figure out what she's about. What her character is like. I knew, the, I knew Lisa from, I had known her for a while, very disciplined and regimented and forgiving, and she was a peacemaker. And I was kind of the opposite of all those things. And so we kind of just, I knew we would fit together, and God raised the gate and I pursued her, and yeah. <laughs>
0: okay, are there any questions out there? I can't see. Yes? Oh, I do see questions. Uh Uh-oh, you're not ready for these, so here we go. Yeah, we'll go over here, Kate. Me? Yeah, sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, i got to write it down. Uh, How do you, or should you even, like, uh, how do you get through a a relationship where you keep having disagreements and, like, rough patches? Like, should you even try... Or if you have tried already and it's not working, like should you even keep doing it or keep trying if the other person is not really trying either? So
2: the question is, what do we do about if we have continual disagreements and rough patches in a relationship? One thing, the thing that came to my mind, and somebody add to this if you want, I think it depends on what are the disagreements about. Are these pretty core central disagreements like views of Jesus, some theological things? Are we talking about uh, what TV shows do you like and music and stuff like that, right? So um, I think depending on what the nature and the type of the disagreements are, uh, that lends itself to it. And also, how are you guys actually disagreeing? Are you treating one another with respect? Are you saying your piece? Do you feel like you're being heard? Are you taking time to listen to them? Or is this a knockdown, drag-out fight, um, and it's just really painful? And yeah, the, so the content of the disagreement and then the process of how are you disagreeing, I think, needs to factor in.
0: That's good, yeah. let's leave it there. Other one, any others? Yes? Oh, maybe just scream
4: <laughs> is it all oh, yeah there we sorry. go okay Come um up. so um oh there's a lot of people staring at me okay it's tough um, i know i get it my name is treasure not that anyone asks but um i consider myself I a treasure. strong black female and um I'm very like bold to say so how do y'all feel about like a female going
1: y'all kind of touched on it but not really how do y'all feel about a female going to a male and being like
4: I'm interested in you not the married part I'm not going up to nobody and be like I want to marry you but like (laughs) if I'm interested how do I go about that and where do I stop the line you know what I'm saying because it is a man's job to pursue that makes sense I think she's
1: asking you Sorry, like how I'm would asking, you feel if a woman yeah. came up to you and was like, "I'm interested in dating you." Was that your question? Were you asking them or like I was just asking like females
2: and male perspective or
1: okay. like I don't know, mostly male. <clears throat> mostly <Thanks>.
2: male. <laughs> <laughs> I answered the last question. You go ahead.
5: Yeah, so say the question what? again. What is the question?
1: How would you feel if a woman came up to you and was like, "Hey, I'm interested in you. I think I would like to like, date." Go on a date.
5: Oh man, I, I think that's cool, personally. But I mean, again, you gotta you got, you got be careful, like especially if it's a guy that you don't know, because there are guys who will take advantage of that. So I say, okay, it's cool for you to strike the match and everything, mm-hmm. but you know what? Let, let him provide the rest of the fire. Let him be the one to drive the relationship from there. Um, yeah, I, that's, that's what I would do. I'm, I'm thinking about our culture today and how guys can be is all I'm saying. I'll be quick, and then I want to hear from you guys.
2: I think knowing, being confident enough to say what you want, that is a good thing. Uh, if you got to err on one side or the other, uh, yes, I say let's, let's be honest about what we want. doesn't mean we're always going to get it, but let's – man, thank you for – I'm so glad to hear you say you know what you want and you are not scared to say that. Awesome. If you got to air anywhere, let's air there. That's what I'd say.
3: Yeah, I would say if you feel like, man, this is somebody I'd like to hang out with, being honest about your feelings and even honest about your approach. Like, I'm not going to study with you just because I think you're good at math. It's because I like you and I want to hang out with you. And just being clear because, man, I studied with so many people for so long. It was a waste of time. So, <laughs> How much money were
2: you paying for that undergrad degree, Molly?
3: <laughs> but I also think um, because you have a strong personality, I would also say being strong enough to know when things aren't working out and going, I'm just going to set a boundary here and say i was attracted to you and we hung out and you're not doing anything about it and so i'm not going to hang out with you anymore because i think that's where it gets hard and that's where i got tripped up a lot was like well maybe if it just hang out a little bit longer things will work out they probably won't so move on because if he's not into you that's okay there's somebody else that will be
1: yeah you have to be prepared for that rejection, putting yourself in that vulnerable position for them to be like, you know, I like you, but just as a friend, I wouldn't see it. Because that has happened, I'm not shy, so I've approached men before and it hasn't worked, but if they wouldn't have even known that I was interested if I wouldn't have shown that um, original, hey, let's hang out and stuff, but um, just because it didn't work for me doesn't mean it can't work for you.
0: (laughs) Okay, one more from you all, Yep. Is it I can't see. Run faster, Kate.
4: Hello. You, yeah. Oh, I don't like hearing my voice. Um, anyway, so we've, I feel like we've been kind of like
3: hinting around like being pursued in a godly way. So like guys, how has it looked like for you to pursue your wives in a godly way? Or girls, how have you been pursued in a godly way? I was telling Austin this story before we started. And so I will say... One thing my husband did really well is he didn't do the let's hang out for, like, six months and leave you hanging. But I think one thing guys have the opportunity to do really well, and girls, I think this is something to look for, is just being really clear about your intentions. And that doesn't mean that you have to start dating right away, but it can mean one person, in this case I'm saying the guy, a guy going, okay, I'm hanging out with you because I like you and I think I'd like to date you, and I'm not putting the ball in your court, but if you feel that way too, I would like to know because I would like to date you. And I think that's just a great start to godly pursuit and just being really clear and open about what your intentions are and spending time with somebody.
1: There have been plenty of times where men have, pursued me the wrong way, so examples would be, um, you know, if, if they say, you know, I, yeah, I go to church, I love God, but if they don't know God, they can't have a godly relationship with you. Um, when you're hanging out, is it always surface level, or are you just talking about TV shows, or, you know, do you, have you talked about um, um, your theology? Um, are, are they involved in church? Um, have you even, if it's like further down the line, like praying together, that's really important. So without, you can't have a godly relationship without keeping God at the center.
2: Two things come to mind. One, um, I want to acknowledge just for guys in particular, it's not easy to put yourself out there. It's hard for everybody, right? So, But especially, I think, it was in my case and for a lot, to put yourself out there and to say, I really like you and to be told, Thanks, but no thanks, and just kind of slide it right back across the table. Eesh, that hurts. Yeah. Um, so just be honest about that and go, yep, all right, here we go. This is it going to hurt? Maybe? Oh, okay. <laughs> it's going to be okay, right? Like, <laughs> absorb the blow, uh, grow from it, and move on. So, so that's um, it's, it's something as simple, you said, as being honest with how you feel and what you want. The second thing, get a little bit more specific, right, kind of different areas. So like with my wife, the way, part of the way I pursued her and still do is I just asked a lot of questions like, what are you learning? What are you reading that you really like? And so I would ask a question with the hopes that she would kind of come out and discuss, right? Um, and then the other piece is uh, I would just try to hang out in groups as much as we can, right? Have a healthy mix, especially early on, like we go to, you know, hanging out with a bunch of people and then maybe go get ice cream afterwards or something like that. That was just how we did it, tried to have a mix of community things and then the individual hangouts and then as time went on right i don't know what the ratio was but early on it was lots of community hangs less one-on-one hangs and as time went on the more and more one-on-one hangs still with the community hangs so maybe that's a little more landing the plane a bit
0: yeah let's end here because several people asked the same kind of question and and the they want to know some practical advice, wisdom, tips, etc., on keeping God first in their relationship. So, how do I keep God at the center of my dating relationship? What would you say?
1: Going to church together. What'd you say? Going to church together. Step one, and like I said, praying together. Um,
4: I also think like priorities, like, are really important. So, like, it can be really easy when you get in a really fun dating relationship that feels like it's deepening, feels like it's going somewhere to kind of let, yeah, time with friends, small group, like, disciplines, even, like, serving, prioritizing other things. To It can be really easy to, like, get really lax on that. And, yeah, like, I get that, but that's a fast track to making that person central versus God or what you feel like your role is in, like, serving God. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's important to just, like, yeah, keep those commitments and make sure you're being aware of that. Another thing I remember being really helpful is just being brutally honest with, like, mentors or just a couple close friends about what's going on inside the relationship because that's kind of, like, a way of being obedient to God is being, like, I am going to let someone into this and, invite the accountability or critique and not just kind of like keep this thing over here and let it grow and grow and grow regardless of like what's going on in it if that makes sense like I think it can be really easy I don't know to let that person's like opinions and your time with them just become your god in a sense um, and I don't really have any, like, it's just hard. Like, it just, it's immediate gratification. It's exciting. It's, you like yeah falling in love is, like, so intense. But I think as much as you can, keeping checkpoints involved with that, and I just think that is, like, such a good foundation for, like, a healthy marriage, too. It's just constantly being honest about what's going on, bringing others in, and keeping those commitments. Like, even now, like, I don't want my husband to compromise, like, his time, his personal time. I mean, sometimes I do, simply, if I'm, like, can you... I don't know the dishwasher, but that's stupid. But, like, or time with his friends. Like, I don't want to be, like, trying to lord over his life when I know there are things that are really healthy for him that, like, don't involve me, um, if that makes sense.
5: I think one way that you can keep God at the center of your relationship is just to have a continual conversation with him about the relationship, about your life, um, You know, God is always speaking. We just don't always recognize the ways in which he's speaking to us. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. And we do that a lot in relationships. We lean on our own understanding. It says, In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. I think that's a promise from God. In all your ways, in all your dating ways, Acknowledge him, know him, know what pleases him, and he'll direct your path. Um, so that's, that's uh, I, I read a book back before Lisa and I got married called Practicing the Presence of God by a guy named Brother Lawrence. And he was a friar and a dishwasher and people came from all over the world to talk to him for his wisdom and the one, well, the most profound thing he says in, the, in his letters, the, the book is a compilation of letters that he wrote to people. Continual conversation with God every day about everything.
2: I, it's similar, you said it much more eloquently than I did. The thing that's coming to my mind, control the things that you can control Know what those are and know the things that you can't control. And the thing that you can control the most is your relationship with Jesus, how and where you pursue that, what that looks like, and where and how you can treat the other person, where and how you bring other people in there, right? What can you control um, and what can't you control? and being a mindful and aware of that all the while that needs to be founded upon the reality just like you said that Jesus is with he's already with you right every single day is made this is psalm 139 verse 16 it's something to the effect of every single day has been made by God before the foundation of the world for you and me that's in the singular and so every day is not a surprise to him so he's already with you and so responding to that. That's what we can control in a dating relationship. And the particulars, that's not to minimize them, but they're going to work themselves out. If we really believe that God is for us, not just as an individual for sure, but as a people, and if he's doing something, then we can go from clinging to this relationship so tight, oh my gosh, to actually I'm I'm going to loosen my grip a little bit and say this is important, but it's not everything. And if we can remember that, it's going to go well, better, should I say, than the alternative.
0: It's a good note to end on. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Uh, this has been fun. Hope this was helpful for you all. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, actually, let me, let me close this in prayer, and then uh, we can get out of here. Jesus, we are so thankful, uh, as Austin just reminded us, that you are indeed with us. Uh, We acknowledge that sometimes it doesn't feel like that, and we need your help uh, in making us know that reality, uh, reminding us of of that truth. And as it relates to dating, whether we're excited about the prospect of dating or the dating relationship we're in, or we're terrified and anxious and heartbroken uh, because of it, we acknowledge that, Jesus, we need you, and we need your wisdom and you readily offer that to us. And so we ask uh, not just, well, for everyone in this room, we ask for that wisdom. Jesus, we ask that you would be with us, that you would continue guiding us, leading us, that you would change our hearts in ways that need to be changed, transform us in ways that need to be transformed into men and women who, more than anything else in the world, love you. Uh, Help us to be those people and help us to love as you have loved us. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. All right, guys, thanks for coming. We'll see you next week.